Hello, and welcome to Cowl Fans, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from our homes and or traveling um, <laughs> to bring you a fun interview with Dr. Chris Doc Haskell. I'm your host, Alurimore. I'm Haller. And we are going to... First off, we're just going to start with the basic. Um, Doc, you go by Doc? I do. I, go by, I just go by Doc. Yeah. Um, do you want to maybe introduce yourself to us? Let us uh, let the people know who you are. <laughs> I am uh, I'm currently perpetrating the greatest scam ever. Um, I'm a professor of video games and a head coach of esports at Boise State University. Um, I'm a, I'm a clinical associate professor in the College of Education, but I have somehow convinced folks that it's okay if I use my entire job to just be around video games. How's that? <laughs> but don't impressive. let that get out. That'll just be between the three of us, right? Right. Wow. And like the 20 people who, who watch us on the regular. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We can just keep their silence. We're good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you here. It's great to meet you. And we're Thanks. just going to jump right into to the questions we have for you here. Um, so what does your role up at Boise State really encompass? That's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, it is oddly not that different than what I normally do. Um, it, the top changes. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm in the profession of making, uh, creating an educational environment where people can go on and do the next thing, right? I'm a college professor, so it's the, about teaching and verifying that they're learning the types of things that they should. So I, I organize uh, about 65 varsity student athletes and about 300 club athletes in their various games, Overwatch being probably the most popular game that we play. And I oversee and make sure that they are they're learning, progressing, preparing, uh, performing self-evaluation, and honestly getting ready to play the next team. Um, I'm, a, I'm the educator-in-chief of our, of our esports program. And while I'm not uh, the single game expert in every single games, uh, every single one of the games we play. Um, I, I oversee the content uh, enough that I'm becoming expert in, in pretty much every one of them, except for Rocket League. I just don't think that's possible. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you've, what games do you encompass then? Like what games do you oversee? We play all T-rated games. There are a lot of I mean, there are a lot of cool M-rated games that our club folks play, but our varsity games are Overwatch, League of Legends, Rocket League, and Hearthstone. Okay. Excellent. Um, so what? Uh, why did you decide to get involved in, the, in an eSports program? <laughs> Referencing the opening statement, greatest scam. <laughs> no, I, I, was, uh, I was actually doing some research on gaming clubs and gaming activities and just started kind of down path of just interviewing uh, folks. Um, I'm a professor, so I'm constantly in the process of filling books like this with my own thoughts and notes in the event that it may become a class someday that I may need to you know, teach. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of discovered, this is about two years ago, I, I, I discovered in, in the late spring and early summer uh, interviews with folks like Kurt Melcher at RMU or uh, you know Mark Deppey at UCI, at what was less than 20 college varsity programs at the time was about to explode into hundreds. And, mm. and I brought that idea forward and uh, 
I was punished like every uh, scientist in the disaster movie who says, uh, Mr. President, that there's a there's an asteroid coming. Right. And I found myself on a on a rocket with Bruce Willis and uh, the rest <laughs> is history. <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I found myself I, I just I became the most knowledgeable person in esports and collegiate esports um, very, very quickly on my campus because I was researching it and that. That gave me the the license to say we can do this, right? Okay, well let's let's get a little space, let's start recruiting students, and let's figure this thing out. And uh, and two years in, we've managed to pull down the most wins in any college program, wow. national championships, yeah, but but most wins at least. Wow, that's really impressive. Cool. So you're really involved in esports in general, but this podcast is very narrowly focused on Overwatch and usually the overwatch league right so yes. we were wondering do you have a favorite overwatch league team you know i do if if i'm feeling you know kind of uh bandwagonish um then <laughs> then i'm then i'm all about uh london right um okay. they match our university colors we bought the skins mm. so that we have team colors when we oh, play, you know, intercollegiately. <laughs> um, and when I'm feeling really trolly, um, it's it, historically it's been the shock. Although, how can they be my troll team if they're doing so well? Um, right, that's, that's <laughs> a problem. So I got to find another troll team. Maybe it'll be the rain. Maybe it'll be the justice. Actually, I think it'll be justice if if I'm if I'm just wanting to ruin people's day. If you're looking for a team that doesn't win, may I? the original trolls yes. absolutely people still posting our sprays in the middle of the games i know oh yeah uh, oh yeah uh, so we want to move into uh uh specifically the esports at boise state so just what goes into planning and organizing a collegiate esports team Wow. Uh, you know, it's it's not that different than college athletics. Uh, you know, we we spend uh, not more than because it's college and we're limited, um, not mm. more than 20 hours a week preparing for our matchups. We play about 70 to 100 intercollegiate matches just with Overwatch each semester. Wow. Wow. Um, it's oh, sorry, each year, about 50, 50 oh, okay. a semester. <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah, but it's a lot. It's still, a, it's still an yeah, awful lot. Sure. Yeah, and we've only been a program for for two years, uh, wow. active competitively for eighteen months, and we have two hundred and ninety one intercollegiate matchups across all our games. But Overwatch wow. is the most. We had a hundred, hundred and seven, um, you know, Overwatch matchups. Those are different opponents, best of fives, you know, or best of threes, depending on what the the format was. And so, so preparing is truly a, a process of understanding what our map pool is. Um, I watch a lot of video on other players. I've been watching all the Harrisburg, um, you know, matches that we have, getting ready for our match uh, on mm. Thursday, and uh, and making sure that we we understand exactly what it is that we're trying to accomplish and what everybody's job is. Um, you know, I get I get uh, I get mocked by uh, by my colleagues because you know here laminated play card. You know, nice. Give away high level strats, but basically, um, since we we deal with a roster larger than six, who's going to play on what map, and and what right. are the different wow. comps associated with it? Um, you know, what are what are our our players um, for each you know map? What are some uh, some other last minutes 
you know, strats that we're bringing in. And of course, you know, full play card of, um, you know, what do you want to know? Route 66 uh, attack. If we do go to dive, we're going Zed Cave. Look, cat. That's the actual play you would call, right? Um, right. Wow. So the next, we're going to set up what we're looking for, what the wind condition is. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, That's awesome. super impressive. I, I feel like I've oh, watched cool. a lot of behind the scenes Overwatch League stuff, and I've never seen something as like professional professionally presented and like collected like that sheet you had. That's really cool. Well, it's funny because I mean, a, a huge part of my job is advocating for these players and the things that they love to do. And, right. uh, and we, we borrow visual tropes all the time from the other sports. And one of them is the laminated play in front of the coach's face. Now, mm. I need this so that I can remember. Oh, that's right. We we totally took out the quad tank on 66 attack because right. that had a change. And, you know, uh, the, you know, really the, the somber meta doesn't allow us to do that. So I have to remember <laughs> what it is that we've changed. You know, football doesn't change. They don't they don't patch. No. Right. Yeah. Um, they, but they do they do patch overwatch. So uh, mm -hmm. it, it changes enough that we have to we have to worry about it in this two two two. Uh, lock meta is going to change everything again and we just have to be prepared mm. to so so preparation really is the key is knowing what you want to do now can you can you mechanically achieve that and switch off as fast as you need to that's honestly the thing that i think is sometimes overlooked in in overwatch league uh, commentary is mm -hmm. how quickly teams adapt to the new win condition of the match and it's those teams that are the ones who tend to win those games. Um, you know, they're like, oh, actually, our, our win condition is now uh, EMP Barrage. So we have to build those really quickly. You know, mm -hmm. even if we have to go in and just pile on cart, um, charge ults, lose a fight, we just need right. these two. We just need these two ults. And then and then this is our win condition, right? Mm -hmm. um, unless they change it. But it's, it's sure. the ability to change on the fly that makes those teams so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would explain why you're the winningest team in Kalina yeah. Esports. <laughs> We're probably, in fairness, the losingest team as well. We've just played so many games. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and out of curiosity, real quick, how deep is your Overwatch League or your Overwatch roster? So about twenty students. Um, okay. We we have essentially what we. You describe it as the varsity squad or the A squad, and then we have uh, we had some academy level folks to give okay. them experience. So your college football programs don't necessarily have multiple layers of teams, but they do try to get uh, they do try to get depth into their roster so that when say a right. quarterback, or in our case, you know, a dive caller, shot caller graduates. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the goal of all of them. Right. Um, we've got somebody who's got some shot calling experience. It's not brand new to them. We need to reload, not rebuild. And so right. we need those academy teams. And often we'll take that second level dive tank and say, like, okay, well, we're playing Utah State and we're you know, significantly higher in ELO than they are. Let's bring up CBMX. Let's have him do um, the shot calling in this. We'll give our senior um, shot caller the night off. He can He can be backstage with me watching the monitor and and doing some analysis you know mm. um helping the other players but uh but we we keep it deep enough so that you know when it's college so sometimes i know you find this hard to believe people go to college for a little while and then they you know get a girlfriend or boyfriend or get a job <laughs> or something changes dramatically and then they're by the way they're not in college <laughs> anymore so yeah um, while we want to graduate everybody we, we have to make sure that we have talented players that um 
that can fill in when things change. Mm-hmm. And so what would your typical day as a coach look like? Well, I get up at 4.30 a.m. No, I, uh, <laughs> as, a, as a coach, as a coach, we're always preparing for uh, practice block and scrim block. Uh, so it usually starts a couple hours uh, before that I'm making sure that, okay, so today um, we need to focus much more on our class cannon. Um, and we need to, we know that we, we're going to need to, to, to work Nimani today. That's something we struggled sure. with before. We think that we're going to want to pull it out in a, in a map for Hollywood this week um, against our, our opponent. So we're preparing for the match that we have within that week. And, and so, so I, I spend time watching film, making sure that the materials that I'm giving them are ready to go so mm-hmm. that we can really expedite the learning curve. Sometimes it'll It'll be going back over um, a practice session and a coaching session. We um, have an amazing strategic coach, um, Nick Travis, who's shifty. Um, he was British mm-hmm. Hurricane um, coach that took them to the um, to the championship last year. Wow. Um, he's been with us now. He's coming up on his third year with us. And wow. so as so, I'll go back and, and watch the vods of that coaching session and make sure we got everything uh, that he gave us. Right again. Mm. educator um, <laughs> and trying to make sense of that sometimes it's a call with him did you mean this or did you mean this you know mm-hmm. uh and then preparing that material and then what we do honestly uh, prep for a, a warm-up block and a scrim block and uh, and try to get as much out of that as possible i'm always mm-hmm. keeping a map count and our map success count. Um, so that we get close to a map and the kids are like we want to do we think we should do you know it's our um, we should do King's Row. And I can say, actually, in the last two weeks, Scott, we've done that map four times uh, versus goats, goats v. goat, and we've only won one of those three scrims, right? Right. Yeah. So that, that, kind of, that kind of data helps us to go, I, I think we're better on new body, right? No one, no one ever practices new body. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every well, Overwatch player wants to go to King's Row. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's everybody's home map. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so how often do your teams have to travel to go to events to play games? It's kind of rare. So we, we travel two to three times a year, uh, hmm. depending on the invitation. We, we're here at the NACE conference, which is the National Association of Collegiate Esports. And so there are about 250 universities with varsity programs here for the next few days. And we are we're basically the bowl game. It's our mm-hmm. uh, Overwatch squad versus the Harrisburg um, Storm, and they're the national champions. They're coached by an awesome colleague and a and my seriously wicked beard crush, um, Joe Meister. His beard is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know I, if you guys know Coach Gramano. Um, I, I know that uh, that Florida does not have a great relationship with Philly. Um, so, but, but he was yeah he was season one right. Um, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Player, really, Joe really smart all the way before Overwatch League. So, too. so that would and that, that beard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that that means that um, so most of your games are actually played online and not on land. Then, the vast majority are played okay. online. Yeah, we could not do a hundred Overwatch matchups a year um, land. <laughs> I imagine not. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're gonna get. 
a uh, little more Overwatch specific. We've been trying to be a little Let's more esports broad, <laughs> so even more Overwatch specific. I think you got the next one, Howler. Yeah. So um, it often seems at, in like the Overwatch League fan base that the fans of Overwatch and Overwatch League are not general esports fans where if you look at maybe someone who's a league of legends fan or a csgo fan they tend to watch three or four different esports do you find as far as like the crowds that you um experience in your collegiate matches like is it the same at the college-based level or is it kind of the the same groups of people watching every esport well yeah i mean i would argue that league of legends and some of those are kind of like of esports fans and mm-hmm. and that owl fans in my opinion are are more like the uh, uh, i'll i'll use the same like the brew pub fan right <laughs> um more accessible you can get someone to watch an overwatch uh, event uh that would not be as interested in a in a league event because it really sounds in league of legends like they're speaking a different language even mm. on their wonderful broadcast that they do. So I, I think right. that the Overwatch League is a, an amazing product. I got invited out uh, to the Blizzard Arena when they did their opening night with our oh, connection wow. with Tesla, it, which was amazing. I got to play on that stage, um, wow. and we got our butts kicked by the, <laughs> by the Overwatch uh, promotions team. Anyway, I don't want to talk about it, um, but uh, that, that ended my stage career there. But that facility is amazing. I don't know if a lot of maybe your listeners know, but they're in Burbank Studio One, which was the Johnny Carson and then the Jay mm-hmm. Leno Tonight Show studio. Yes. Yep. So it is amazing, and I, I'm happy to share share it with you. You can do whatever you want with it, give it to your fans if you want. Um, but I I took a ton of pictures and video while I was there, and I've got it all truncated into a short little video, just walking mm. around and look at this control room and look at this control room. It's all backstage stuff. I'll I'll send it to you. But um, they have figured out that in order to make this popular, they have to appeal to new folks and uh, folks, um, you know, the, which is why I think that they've got um, they've got such a good commentating crew and a, a, such a good desk. Right. I mean, their yes. shoutcasters are obviously the, the best in the world. Um, and. Uh, and their desk crew is is amazing. Um, Golden Boy actually was the was the host for the Collegiate Championships in Houston um, about eight weeks ago, and it just shows you that those communities are connected. So um, right. we we don't find it that they're necessarily different. We actually find that they're way more Owl and uh, Overwatch at our university than there are League fans. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So so you don't have. Um... So a lot of your league fans, do they wind up like in your Rocket League games too and stuff, or do they just wind up? Do you see they your do. your esports wind up sort of segregated? Well, we we play we play with our live schedule because we have an arena, so we right. we play with our live schedule right. a little bit to try to create some crossover. So there's there's not a, a huge natural following for Rocket League. I mean, it's not like right. there's this you know group of a thousand students who can't wait to come to a Rocket League game. So it's often the you know the the preview or the undercard to a big League of Legends matchup or a big mm. um, Overwatch matchup. Um, sometimes we'll stack all three. That's a long time for for fans to be in the arena, you know, sure. three yeah. different competitive matchups. But um, we we continue to play with it to try to get 
more visibility on some of the games too. Um, but Overwatch is the one that fills the room the quickest. <laughs> so um, you're you're the coach not just for Overwatch, but for all, all these esports, other esports areas. And how much would you say that the coaching experience in one game transfers to another game like Overwatch? You know, so important to point out, I spent um, I spent about almost a decade of my early teaching career as a high school band director. Um, oh, and nice. I would I would say that this that what I do now as a as a coach, you know, for for these games is almost identical to what I did as a band director, because really all I'm doing is I'm trying to help um, performers get prepared for a performance. And I'm trying to make sure that mm -hmm. the, uh, that the venue of that performance, whether it's digital and streaming on Twitch or live in our own arena is, uh, is ready. Right. So mm -hmm. it's, it's about getting those two pieces ready so that people can enjoy themselves, um, in a performance. I mean, we, we definitely want to win, but it's really about preparation. And, you know, when the event starts, I don't play enough. Um, my job is to just make sure that they're as ready to go as they can and make little adjustments as they go. I actually find that it, uh, that they're really, really similar. I, I'm, I'm helping students get prepared to perform. It's really awesome. Yeah. Nice. We're both, uh, band nerds as well. I met a learn more in middle school band back in the day. Yep. Here we and go. <laughs> right. I All love right. Go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a guess here. I'm gonna okay. I'm just gonna, uh, as to instruments, my <laughs> guess, my guess is that Haller, you started probably, uh, probably small woodwind, maybe clarinet, went to saxophone, learn more probably low brass. How close am I? You're absolutely backwards. Reverse. I flipped it. Okay. <laughs> you flipped it. Yeah. I'm the yeah. clarinet player, and Haller is the trombone player. Mm. there we go okay yeah i know i look a little bit smaller in stature but one of my um calls to fame is i would play the trombone with my foot because my arm was not long enough to get past fourth position there we go <laughs> seventh, seventh position yep. would you chew off yeah oh, i got exactly. you and just kick it back up to my hand <laughs> oh man you gotta do it in middle school band yeah <laughs> you gotta you make, you make it work somehow yeah so but um in Overwatch, and we recently got this new tool, right? This, um, the workshop. Yeah, workshop. And there's been a lot of um, people, especially like I think Darwin, um, they go by like, been, there's been a lot of people like kind of messing around with it, trying to make things more visual or trying to set up um, kind of like practice range of sorts. If you want to practice like Farah direct hits, they have like targets you could shoot in the, side, the sky or... Um, Lucio wall riding tracks. Do you guys in the with your collegiate team use anything for like um, any kind of practice or drills or something like that? Or are there any kind of workshops that your players can utilize on their own time to kind of practice or that you recommend? Yeah. Well, they they do quite a bit of that. Anybody who's getting better uh, kind of has to think about the mechanics in a different way, right? Right. We don't actually improve by jumping in quick play or jumping in uh you know uh, but we do when we when we work on specific skills and we actually watch a lot watch our own play quite a bit um that is one of the most underrated 
things that most people are unaware of. You know, um, mm. you you have to watch. You have to watch as much as you play, and that's that's okay. the truth. If you if you outlearn your opponents, you'll you'll eventually be able to develop the mechanical skill belt. And and that's that's true in any discipline. It's not specific to esports or or Overwatch. So uh, so workshop is great. We we tend to uh, infuse it a little bit as um, okay. So we're we're we just got done with a scrim. Um, actually, everybody here, let's jump in and let's do this workshop game real quick. And sometimes we remove hmm. the directions of what you're really supposed to do, kind of let them figure it out a little bit, then help them to kind of lock in the technique that we're aiming for. I do a, hmm. I do a lot of homework with different players. A great example is that um, uh, Nerdy Bird, who's our off tank, um, we had been working on bomb placement um, with her diva um, nice. and how important it was. So, you know, we basically just sent her into the maps that we were interested in. And I, I you know, against six easy McCrees. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> And say so we're going to blow up a lot of easy McCrees today, and you know, try to get her to uh, to land that arc around corner, and just to practice right. bombing at every point, to to bomb at bookshop, to bomb, um, mm -hmm. you know, right right inside refinery, to, you know, but and from the odd angles, you know, um, mm. bomb become bomb a through. That's right, Coco bomb, bomb master. That's it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Practice, um, you know, or or Ori play for. Uh, for our main tanks is, you know, you know, figure out exactly what the distance is, what the time is to get those sucks directly into the gap right there at the opening straight of refinery. Um, mm. You know, how, how do you pull them off? You, you have to practice those little skills if you're going to have them. And my goodness, the number of Reinhardt's, you know, pocketed that just show up right there in the middle and you if just, and they just like, oh, what a waste. They just fired this, you know, hook mm -hmm. the suck at me and it's gone right so workshop is great for actually even even more so limiting the conditions by which you can practice in a singular skill hmm. that's really great um so you know the overwatch league is is this big premier league um are you seeing the fact that the existence of overwatch league have an impact on the interest of overwatch and the collegiate level Yes, uh, it its accessibility and how much of it is has made the game not seem like this one game of many that people play, but as as a as a huge one, uh, not just from the fans' perspective, but also from the production perspective. We watch our broadcast um, as a production team sometimes, just to kind of take some of their 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 good ideas and they're good content we've added a ton of things to our broadcast that hmm. are taken directly from our you didn't do the brent oranges oh, okay, thing so did you, know you? How they do that. the which one you didn't do the brent orange throwing did you because that's not no, a good thing no, you no, should no, take it no we didn't but but a great <laughs> example a great example is you know they they have created a visual vocabulary um that we borrow for our broadcast and what that does for our hmm. broadcast is that makes anybody who watches it including our students go oh this is this is awesome this is big time what's what's cool is they don't usually know why they think it's big time but the true reason is because they recognize it as a professional broadcast and the way they do that is because we're borrowing the broadcast elements so, right. so for example um 
maybe maybe we do you know we've got somebody at the front of the stage with our remote camera and they open the the show with a with a soe style um pulled open right right mm. on stage and they say i mean i'm just using the language markers but um you know welcoming message to the crowd setting of the stage you know teams behind me short description big question mm-hmm. that we're going to answer in this broadcast yeah let's right. find out from our desk right and they do the throw um and then it's the desk and if you throw those two elements immediately people are like wow this is so pro you yeah know? <laughs> so we use overwatch has allowed us to build out this broader experience for our players and mm. for our production and for our fans that that feels very pro they're giving us the, the path to pro on the production side um in addition to the to the other tools that they're they're putting out there so they've been huge in in helping us stimulate interest on a college campus that's awesome that's really i wouldn't have thought about the visual vocabulary but I really understood it once you said that and started describing it. It's really great how that works out for you guys. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, I mean, they're, they're giving us an amazing, amazing model. Sweet. So there's a lot of things that you're drawing from the Overwatch League to apply to your collegiate program. Now, I think probably the biggest question I have about the collegiate scene is, where do you feel like that fits into the path to pro? Because if you talk to most people, like your average fan about the path to pro, they're going to say contenders, right? Um, right. Where is where is collegiate in the it's, grand scheme? Yeah, so a little bit more inside the beltway with Overwatch League is that most mm. people will say, well, the best the best players aren't even in it. They're, you know, it's all they're a popularity in, yeah. contest. <laughs> yeah, or, or, you know, it's a popularity contest, right? It's like sure, it's, yeah. you, you have to be marketable. And you have to be, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you don't have a, a good, you know, a gamer tag, then there's no chance, right? You know, mm. uh, there's a lot of people that are, there's always the, the Bittermans too, but that, that's sure. not the group. So, um <laughs> What's what's interesting is that I, is that our path to pro um, is is kind of a sideways path to pro. We're as as universities not pulling in Overwatch players to prepare them to be professional Overwatch players. We we bring them in so that they can get a degree. So their path to pro may include professional playing, but more likely than not, it it won't. Right. And, uh, some people joke that college is retirement for you know pro players, right? Mm. They play they play for a while and then and then finally their grandmother says you know you need to get your degree and they're like all right I I, I don't like being mm. on the road and constantly having to fight for a position on a team I go contenders I go pro you know it's just crazy um, mm. so I want I want some stability so I'll come to a college team and they've they've done a great job at Harrisburg and Maryville at recruiting a lot of those players um, pro level high level contenders level players that um that school is is the important thing um and and that's good i mean that we're we're seeing that so it's it's almost this kind of uh, figure eight in the path to pro with some players uh, hmm. for everybody else um if they love the game and they play at a high level the chances of them creating more professional opportunities around their collegiate play are really really high but to say that, you know, that there's going to be a college Overwatch League player draft and those people go to these right. teams, part of the reason the NFL is that way 
is that is that they want highly talented players that they've got tons of footage on, right? Mm-hmm. Which isn't really an issue in esports because we have more bots than we know what to do with, and we've got you know the system itself giving us the metrics that we're looking for anyway. But uh, part of the reason that that people choose the people they do for their teams, and Seagull will tell you this, and part of the reason that he you know he had the opportunity that he did was because he was so popular. You you bring people in who already have fans that come with them, and you mm-hmm. you get those fans with your uh, with your organization. Right. It's not necessarily the the best uh, of the best. It's it's you know the, the popular piece. So that that's it. That's a good question. We never think uh, of our role as preparing students to play in the Overwatch League, okay. but we do we do think of preparing them to live and work in esports if that's their chosen career mm. um and this is just one of those additional experiences um i mean we just graduated a a, a guy who who got over 300 hours broadcasting for us and he's already got opportunities for uh contenders events uh, as a nice. broadcaster it's really great and and so his path to pro isn't as a player although he is a mystery hero's main it's frightening <laughs> you look My at man. his profile Everybody, I mean, seriously, every hero is exactly the same amount of time. Oh my god! Like true <laughs> random Mister Heroes main, but uh, but there there are lots of ways to be a professional as a collegiate Overwatch player. Um, it doesn't mean that you're gonna um, you're gonna a, a starter on a team. Although with Florida, you could maybe make that move directly. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Too soon. I apologize. Oh. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> oh man. So um we were gonna ask you what your opinion was on the Overwatch League as a whole, but it seems like it's just good. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, so um I think we're just gonna go ahead and skip that because you've uh, been pretty clear. Um so <laughs> what have been some of your favorite moments in stage three that's that just wrapped up? Well, I mean, it didn't really start in stage three, but the Shanghai turnaround this year and and continued dominance, right? Stage one, they came out guns a-blazing, and people thought, oh, okay, this is kind of fluky. I mean, we knew when they were getting in. I mean, last year that um, that once, you know, the the rosters opened and they could start moving people around, they were going to get some of the people that they wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, It continues to surprise me because last year's performance was so... You just felt bad. Everybody yeah. who played the dragons was the underdog because everyone wanted to win. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that losing streak was so epic and so painful that so they continue to be a surprise. I didn't think the shock were going to be able to turn stuff around uh, this quickly. Um, yeah. That's a surprise to me. Um, the fall of, uh, and I, you know, it's, it's parody, right? I mean, this uh, more parody in in Overwatch League than professional football, where they say that's constant parody. Mm-hmm. So, those those are really some some favorite moments uh, of mine. Um, mm. I'm a big Sombra play fan, so of course the <laughs> meta is you know, is is my Disneyland. So, yeah, awesome. And so, did the outcome of the dragons winning it all did that surprise you or do you have a deep analysis of how you predicted their run through the bracket so i will say that um 
I have a I have a little bit of different lens that I view it on. So I would okay. watch Overwatch League games after watching games of other people. So I'm looking for right. very specific tells. Uh, for example, how quickly do teams um, make the appropriate um, change so that they've got the the win condition in front of them that they want? A lot of people will um, they'll take bad ults from ineffective comps into one more fight, um, mm. hoping that those ults are going to turn it. Uh, but the truth is, once yes. you realize that you're in the wrong comp, you you abandon whatever you need to. Definitely. Maybe you save a Zen ult, but most of the time you just abandon what you've got because it buys you one to two more fights. And you've got to be willing to lose a couple of fights, so it's a dry fight for you. They'll bring ults into it um, right. to get to a point where you flip the needle the other direction. So I'm yeah. watching those going, you know, and, and the commentators are saying, oh, well, you know, this is terrible for Shanghai. They're, you know, they're giving up all of this stuff, right? The, 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 the truth is they're doing the right thing. So mm -hmm. I wasn't surprised per se because they seem they seem to recognize what the win condition is more efficiently than other teams and right. they get themselves there. It doesn't always work out because individual play makes a big difference. Uh, but sure. carrying those ults into the fight where it's most important, you know, second fight, uh, let's just say King's Row, you know, first point, second fight, King's Row first point, um, that's not the most important fight of the map, right? It's mm -hmm. it's when you're inside of 30 seconds and you've got three ults and they've got one, um, you know, as you're coming around the final corner. That's the game-winning moment. And mm -hmm. so you, you you have to get yourself to that point. So watching watching Shanghai do that, I wasn't surprised. They're they're really quick to make those swaps. Hmm. That's a that's a very awesome outlook to be able to hear from someone who yeah. watches in this from this lens. It's really cool. Um. So. Yesterday, the entire social media exploded about the difference in localization than what we were expecting. Um, are you were you excited about it before we found out that we were going to move to homestand? And are you still excited about the localization aspect of the Overwatch League now that we're going to be doing homestands this next year? I'm excited about it because it's going to allow me to take my students to events in a different. Right. Mm. Um, where previously it was a you go down for a one off or you go down for a um, you know a handful of it well, a, a trio of games one night or or six games two nights in um, in L A right uh, to right. be able right. to do that whole experience you know I'm I'm looking forward to traveling some of my players down there for for an event um, this coming uh, year and uh -huh. and that's awesome um, but to be able to do it more I mean granted. Uh, Boise State is in Idaho, so <laughs> Vancouver, you know, as a as a closest location is about the same distance to LA for us. You know, there's right. no Portland team, there's no Salt Lake team, you know. Right. And I don't think I don't think those cities are going to get one. So so we're going to have to travel anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm excited to see what the production is um, mm -hmm. because because what they've been able to do at the at the arena um, there in in Burbank is just fabulous it's such a great experience mm -hmm. um you know the massive massive uh led walls um, oh man those are cool. those are just impressive it's so cool um yeah those those pieces are fun awesome all right cool and so you mentioned it 
earlier on this very podcast. You kind of been there as an aside, but everyone's talking about it. We don't have official word yet, but all roads are pointing to two, 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 right? It seems like that's that's the direction, not just the Overwatch League, but very very likely all of Overwatch is going to be going. So for you, especially as um, an esports coach, what is your opinion on two two two, either for Overwatch League or just Overwatch in general, or both? I'll get. I'll give you two kind of thoughts on it. The okay. first one is maybe the, the obvious one, which is right. the meta is always changing. My mm-hmm. my job is to make sure that we have the right strategic uh, input to help us, you know, win. Mm-hmm. And and so this to to us is not a huge change. In the same way, when goats came on the scene, um, you know, at first people thought it was uh, you know some kind of Kitsch, you know, it's Boise State, so a trick play is not uh, out of our playbook, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. In fact, in fact, you know, right, right here we've got Statue of Liberty. Anyway, uh, but <laughs> the idea that we're going to have to change it up, change up the meta, is is just part of what we do. It's like, okay, we're going to have to make a make a swap, and the playbooks that we used last semester aren't aren't going to be as valuable, right? We may use mm-hmm. some of it, uh, but probably not as they as they change, you know, as they buff and. Uh, make changes. They add heroes. Things change. You know, like Baptiste. He, he changed a changed yeah. essentially how effective dive would be. Yeah. Right? Um, but so so that to us is not really a big deal. If we go to two two two, we go to two two two, and we'll just start to prepare for that. Where it does, I think, make a difference is that it allows me as a coach um, to give more time to players on their pool of. Of, of heroes. Um, one of the things that has kind of changed is we've got an off tank who has to learn Sombra, right? right? We've got a DPS player who has to learn Zarya. Um, they don't have a lot of experience on these, and the better teams, at least in Collegiate, rose to the top because you could swap off of a soldier to a Zarya mid-map, and you had that person to help you do that. With a 2-2-2, mm. two, 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 we don't have to have cross-trained, completely cross-trained personnel. Um, That allows us to get up to speed quicker week to week um, Mm -hmm. and not go, hey, can you get 10 hours on Sombra this week? You know, uh, (laughs) that's that's really hard for a college student to do. So I think the 222 for us will will simplify, in a sense, our preparation, but it will increase the expectation of of mechanical uh, perfection or, you know, or trying to perfect their sure. mechanical ability on those. Right. Well. Yeah. Okay. I think it's time to play the game. Oh, man. Here we go. <laughs> It'll be okay. Everyone's got to do it. Do I have all three lifelines still? <laughs> yes. Sure. Yes. If you want me as a lifeline, I am always here to okay. talk. And talk and talk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's true. That's very accurate. Um, so do you, you... want to just lay the groundwork of the rules real quick? Sure. Okay, let's go over the rules. How it works. So here's what goes down. I'm going to ask a question. The question requires the insertion of an Overwatch League team for it to be a completed question. Howler will draw a team out of his grand finals bag 
and that will be the team that the question is about. Okay. And you get to give your opinions on these things. Sound good? He's going to draw Florida every time. Is and, and it's no. going to be required that you be nice or entering the podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Or you just get to cut it up where it you know, changes all of my answers. You know, you'll ask a question, and the answer will be, you know, I hate McDonald's and <laughs> right. all Polynesians. Like, wait, what? <laughs> I never said that. Man. Oh, Really, what we're going to do is we're going to get your opinion of, okay. like, the Vancouver Titans or the San Francisco Shock, and we're going to switch that for after the Florida Mayhem <laughs> question. Man, you guys expect a lot out of my editing work. I'm just saying. That's, you know, you should, Howler should know better. I do know better. Okay. So, start from the, start from the, be- the basic. Who is the second best player on... The Houston Outlaws. <laughs> oh come on, you're killing me. <laughs> player on the on the Houston Outlaws. Um, it's got to be Link. definitely yeah. Lixer. Oh, that, that he's been doing been, doing real solid. That would have been my because, choice because the best one is Muma Boink, Jake, Cool Matt, and uh, Dante. That's oh. the best one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everyone else. All right. <laughs> Everyone else. I left Bonnie out because he's third. Sorry, Christopher. Sorry, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, who is the best personality on the Philadelphia Fusion? Philadelphia Fusion. If it can't be Joe Meister anymore. Right. <laughs> best personality, that's... I I'd say I'd say Carpe in that sneaky troll way. Mm. Um, been around long enough, but also you know a lot of the a lot of that side eye, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, I love how emotionless he is. Like he pops mm-hmm. off and like does a ridiculous play, and his whole team freaks out, and he's just there. That's what I do. Yep. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't you didn't say the most uh, energetic person I used. To best personality yeah, yeah no so, no i like I, it I, I like that sneaky troll he's also um one of the few koreans who consistently likes to teabag people or tactical crouch excuse me oh tactical my gosh crouch. Tactical oh crouch. yeah by the way if you do that in collegiate that puts you on the bench that we really so quick well we have a co-ed team we have a co-ed right. team and that's uh, that's that's unbelievably sexually suggestive and right. co-ed teams we we have to cut out any sexual expletives and sexual right. references. It has to be it has to be an appropriate school environment, work environment. So, mm. yeah, Carpe, you'd be you'd be riding the bench for me, dude. <laughs> I know he's a listener. So yeah, oh, for yeah, sure. Carpe's definitely listening. Carpe, so let's <laughs> you know if, if you're gonna when you retire from the fusion, if you're gonna come play for me, <laughs> you have to cut that out. Oh, <laughs> uh, so. What are the best changes that Atlanta Rain could make? Full roster swap with Florida. Wow! Right? Whoa! Brilliant. Better. That's the think? best suggestion we've ever had on this show <laughs> of all time. 
good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to use my lifeline on this one. Right. What do you think? What does the rain need to do? Yeah. So, I mean, my first idea would be, like, bring back the Fran. I mean, tons of fans, right, obviously. And they looked really good stage one, although they, they beat New York in stage two. So they do have that going for them. Um, I think Baby Bay is quite good, but the Fran just brings that extra little spice, and he's so mechanically skilled. Um, but Baby Bay is quite good too, and they do have End Layer backing him up on the Widow, who's quite good. So maybe the only other change, even though he's such a personality, um, I, I feel like the last thing they're missing is like that top, that top level flex support, and I think Dogman is quite good and. I've actually been a huge Dogman fan. There was a time last year where I was really hoping Dogman was going to join the Florida Mayhem back when we were a more Western roster. Um, always been a big fan of his, but I feel like Atlanta Reign across the board has players that could really elevate them to being a top contender. And at least at this time, my, my two big question marks that would keep me from saying that they're actually going to make it there would be either Baby Bay or, or Dogman. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think, I think as a whole, it's just an unfortunate team for us to draw for this question because yeah, they're in a pretty they're in a pretty good spot all things considered. It's really hard to say what do you need to do to get to that. And they're like hard echelon. to judge because they like they look good, but they're also losing. Right, right, yeah. Um, a lot of those, a lot of those fights come down to. I mean, the the matches come down to one lost fight or one or late used old. I mean, yeah. Fairness, they you know you see the beat dropped, uh, and the trans has come out just a millisecond at yeah yeah that, and and that is that's part of it how a team is constructed. And right. part of it is how deep they're pushing into the roles that they're giving the players. Do they right. really understand what you as a team, not that they're playing it wrong, but you as a team expect to use for this? Is there somebody with with the difference in their communication style? Is there somebody mm-hmm. calling into that fight? We're going to say beat for grab. We're going to save trans for barrage. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um there's got to be somebody setting up the use of those ults, and if they don't, it doesn't matter how mechanically skilled they are, they will not be able to beat the teams that organize those much better. So right. young teams and teams where there's a language uh, variant, it doesn't matter how mechanically skilled they are. If they can't put together the little pieces, then hmm. um, then they'll struggle. Yeah. Very good point. All right, so that's that's four. That's our normal amount. Uh, Lonzo wanted to do a bunch last time, so that was three, sir. Was that three? I only did three. Three. Oh, I can't count. You just did it. <laughs> secretly did Atlanta rain twice. I see, oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay okay. okay let me see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do one that, more. But that's that's for the yeah. post show pod, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. Those are only for the that that question was just for the Patreon. Yes, we are we are very supported here. We don't make any money. <laughs> this is this is all passion. Um, let's see here. <laughs> we're gonna do we're gonna do the best player on who is the best player on. We already did number two player, so we got to see someone's oh, number gosh. one. The San Ooh, Francisco oh. Shock. Oh wow! Oh, that's so easy. 
right? It's me. I just signed. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man, this is this is going to be. I mean, Sinatra would be the easy answer, right? Um, that's, yeah. I mean, just a popular answer. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to follow me here. Mm -hmm. uh, Smurf. Really? Okay, I need to hear this one. Here's why. <laughs> Here's why. When when they win fights, it's because they're well set up, right? Right. As as a team, they 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 press W together at the right time. Mm -hmm. I don't know for sure, but I believe that that's Smurf um, making sure that that happens at that time. Typically, the uh, typically the the tanks are your are your bigger shot and dive callers, and they have this this kind of twitch, this instinct that allows them to be. Um, I mean, Nevix is good too, but but to put them in a position where they can execute. Right. Now, yeah, I, I don't know how many starts Smurf has had. Not um, many. So that's what I'm like, why why Smurf over right, Super? Yeah. Super pops off, right? Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good question, and it, this may be this may be season one um, opinion leaking over, right? Okay. I'll, I'll I'll go behind the scenes. No, actually, actually, it's Smurf in his ear teaching Super how to do it. That's why he's the most valuable. <laughs> <Sorry. Gotcha. laughs> awesome. Your, your listeners know I'm just making it up now. Well. <laughs> He looked pretty decent against dragons in there, especially considering yeah. it had been a while since he was on stage. His play, his his individual play looked great. Yeah. So um, yeah. Before we try to close this thing down, um, we just want to know: Is there anything that you really want to say to whoever might be listening? <laughs> to all of your uh, mid diamond uh, listeners, stop being so toxic. <laughs> Would it would it kill you to switch off a toy? Help us out. No, that's all. Man, this has been great. No, I I I, I truly when we started chatting, I truly am a, a a fan of the work that you do and and the the voice ring to this. Yours mm. is a great example of why Overwatch League and other Overwatch leagues, including Collegiate, are going to continue to be successful because there's so much interest. And the game is really well designed enough. It supports mm -hmm. talking about. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. we've been talking about things that um, that football fans talk about all the time. You know, you could have switched these questions up. Who's the best player on Atlanta Falcons, uh, right. know, for example? Mm -hmm. And we could have talked about all of these different things. It it, it proves the validity of esports and Overwatch specifically mm -hmm. as a as an esports. If we can break down the nuances of when to use ults and communication issues and individual performance, but the difference primarily being um, this is not a men's game. This is an us game, men, women. I mean, it, right. it branches and bridges all, uh, all groups. I mean, if you look at the diversity in the hero uh, selection alone, the, mm -hmm. um, every body type, both men and women, um, it's a really good, inclusive game um, that they continue to tool to try to make a little bit better, you know, a little bit more watchable. Mm -hmm. And and that'll always trigger criticism. But the fact that, that you guys continue to, to put out this show, which I really enjoy, 
Um, and, and I'm not just fanboying here for you. I really enjoy. <laughs> I appreciate it. It helps. Uh, it. I mean, it helps bolster this community and what we do. Mm. Your fans agree. They know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's all I've got. So, um, how can uh, if people want root for Boise State, yeah, (laughs) yes. So, if people want to definitely be my number one collegiate team, (laughs) (laughs) check that off my list here real quick. That's all. (laughs) So, if uh, if anybody wants to follow you, we've got your Twitter handle was going to be on the screen. Um, is there any place else that people would want to go? You might want people to reach out and look for you guys. You know what? If if uh. We're we're always uh, we're always entertaining in lots of different camps. We're always entertaining, um, you know, potential recruits. Um, mm. One of the things about collegiate esports is that's so unique is that we actually have people that are pursuing master's degrees that that play on our team but don't actually live in our city. Is that crazy? Wow! Um, you can ha- you can have people play collegiate. Uh, if they're in, a, if they're full time in a program, we've had uh, we've had graduate students who played on our different teams. Wow! Um, you know, so so anybody interested in the in the Boise State program, yeah, fo- following on Twitter is is the uh, that's the gateway drug uh, to, right. <laughs> to Boise State esports. But uh, but yeah, simply simply to reach out. Um, this is, as I mentioned at the top, the greatest scam I've ever perpetrated. Um, <laughs> I get to be a head coach of video games. I I get to actually be with these students um, talking about something that we all love and, and preparing uh, to play the game that we love mm-hmm. uh, together. And, and that's, that's, that's why it's this scam. I mean, this is the hardest <laughs> job I've ever had, but it's not real work. If that makes any sense. It, it's work you love work. at the very least. It's, exactly. It's hard work, but it's not real work. <laughs> right. That's awesome. And then I'm wondering if we want to watch. Yeah. Boise State play. What's the best way to do that? Is there a good Twitch channel to follow? How should we watch this Harrisburg match? Yep, uh, both are uh, you know happening here pretty quick. At uh, it's it's Twitch at or slash Boise State University. Okay. Um, we do about two hundred hours of live broadcasting from our arena every semester. So wow. three and four nights a week, um, we're we're playing. Wow. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I'll be sure to give it a follow after this. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so uh, we just want to say thanks to everybody who tuned in and uh, was watch- is watching this with us. Um, thanks for that. Um, big thanks to Popped Off, the group that we are a part of. They help us with our graphics designs and all kinds of other things. Um. For those of you who will have entered the contest this week, um, we're not announcing winners on this episode because we're recording this episode on Wednesday, even though it's not mm-hmm. going to air on Wednesday. So we will be announcing the winners of our Twitter contest on Twitter. So just stay tuned for that. All right. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All of them are at Cowl Fans. Um, and uh, be sure to subscribe, like, and follow us because. Uh, we like you. We like it when you enjoy our stuff. All right. So, uh, thanks once again for for being here. I'm a Lurimore. Yeah. I'm Haller, and this has been Doc, and you have been tuned into Cowl Fans. <laughs>